Watch your favorite ESPN Syracuse sports talk shows on QSportsTalk.com. Train wreck. Hour number two, Orange Nation underway. Bob Dylan, artist of the day, knocking on heaven's door. Do you know he did this song, Steve? I did not, actually. Well, now you do. You learn something every day. I do. And our and our next guest is about to learn something that we do silly things on this show. So. Okay. And with that, let's bring in our, our guest. You can see and hear him on ESPN's Daily Wager, ESPN2, and on Joe and Amber 7 and 9 on ESPN Radio. Uh, Joe Fortenbaugh is our guest on the show. And, and Joe, I apologize for the first question. Paulie's got to ask you. Uh, go ahead, Paulie. The pressing question on today's show is if... If you had to make a choice between a sloppy Joe sandwich or a steakum, what would you choose? Great question. With my name as Joe, a sloppy Joe would probably be the way to go. What's a steakum? I, what am I missing there? It's kind of like a it's, chip, like, it's like a frozen silly cheesesteak. Yeah, right. Oof. Oof. That yeah, I'm not looking for a frozen. A uh, sloppy Joe would be the way to go. Never been a huge fan of it, but sloppy Joe's the answer. Yeah. Yeah, I said I said I would take uh, the the third option, which is neither of those things. But I, I thank you for playing along, Joe. We we do yeah, appreciate. I, mean, it. I didn't even know that was on the board. I would absolutely <laughs> decline that. Yeah, absolutely, I'm uh, with you 100. percent All right, so it's it's your first time on our show, uh, and we love to get to know our guests a little bit. So we're yes, we're going to get into the Super Bowl. But is there a, is there a sport that you feel like is your area of expertise, your specialty? Is there a sport that you prefer to to you know place your wagers on more than anything else? people would look at that and say, well, the NFL is the hardest thing to beat because so many people are paying attention to it. I can understand that, but I can also tell you this. With the rise of the prop market and all the options that are out there, you are still very much in a position where the right research, the right timing, and shopping between different books for the best possible prices can put you in a situation where you can still gain an edge over the book. So if you like fantasy football, that's what prop betting pretty much is. Over under a player having a certain amount of receiving yards, things of that nature, you're doing the same types of research. Plus, on top of that, I enjoy betting on football more than betting on anything else to begin with. Now, I will say this. Two events that if you're going to bet on them and you're going to be there live with top football, number one, a big-time fight. I had a big wager on Tyson Fury to win by knockout over Deontay Wilder the third time they fought. It was here in Las Vegas. I was at the fight. I was just sitting in my seat pouring sweat the entire time. (laughs) Because if you remember that fight, Fury got up on him, but then Wilder put Fury down a couple times in the middle rounds. So it was just extraordinarily stressful. And with combat sports, it's one-on-one, man. It can end at any moment. Everything else, you got a clock. The other one I really enjoy, if you go to a golf tournament, play a one-round head-to-head matchup. So two guys that are in the same group, bet one of them to beat the other, and then follow them around the course all day. It's an awesome experience. Oh, that is really cool. That's, I, I love golf. That is, that is definitely right up my alley. I'll, I'll have to do that. Uh, you brought up uh, uh, fighting and hand-to-hand combat. How about the UFC uh, card this weekend? Our producer Jordan's a big UFC fan. Anything stand out to you on, on that card before we get into the Super Bowl? right now on 284. But I will say that when you look ahead to 285, you can get John Jones right now around minus 115. And I got a feeling, 
I got a feeling that by the time we get to that fight, John Jones is not going to be minus 115. The public is going to be very interested in betting on John Jones, and unless something comes out that he's not in shape or that he's mailing it in, and I don't have any reason to believe he's going to come out of retirement to fight Cyril Gaon without having put in the necessary work, even though we have seen some laziness in the past, I'd say minus 115 is going to be long gone. So if you want to beat the number, I'd start looking ahead to 285 to grab John Jones if you do like Jones to win because that price won't be available fight night. All right, uh, Chandler and Arthur's brother uh, both played football here at Syracuse. We know the Jones family very well. Uh, before we get to the Super Bowl, one more non-Super Bowl question. Uh, we, we know Kyrie Irving's on his way uh, to the Mavericks and a little bit of shake-up now with, with some of the, the better teams, right? The the Nets lose him. They, they gain a, a package of players from Dallas. Uh, the Mavericks picking him up. You, you assume that Luka's going to get healthy here at some point. Uh, th- does that offer any opportunities in terms of futures betting, in terms of whether you, you know, do you like Dallas a little bit more now to put a little money on them for the NBA championship? Does that, does that, uh, does that trade do anything for you in, in terms of the futures betting market? I would say not in the futures market, but here's the thing I would tell you. If you want to try to make some money off this trade early on, when these guys all get on the floor together, I would start betting Mavericks overs. Okay? I think the games are going to be much higher scoring than what we've seen. So far this season, their overs are like 25 and 23, uh, 26 and 24, something like that. Like it's, it's really close to 500. But you get rid of Dorian Finney-Smith and Spencer Dinwiddie and you bring in Kyrie Irving, you now have a big defensive problem with your backcourt. And I'm taking a look at them, and I think they're going to be giving up a lot of points. Now, they're going to have to figure out how to play together. you got another premier scorer there, so maybe there's some growing pains on offense, but based on the pace they had been playing at and the way they had played defense versus what it's going to look like in the future, I don't think the books are going to adjust the totals too much early on, and I think that might be the opportunity. It might only be good for three or four games before everyone catches on, but I'd be looking at over bets for the Mavericks moving forward. All right, really good advice there. All right, let's move on to the Super Bowl now. Let's start with the line. Eagles by a point and a half. It's been you know pretty much sitting right there. Uh, what does that tell you that the line hasn't moved? You know, we're, we're kind of novice gamblers here. You know, we, we've kind of dabbled in it this last year since it's been legal in New York. What does that tell you as an expert, though, uh, given the information that you have about the line just kind of sitting there at one and a half? What does it tell you as a professional? Well, here's what we saw. The line came out at virtually every sports book at Pickham. And then it immediately saw Eagles money push it up to about two, two and a half. And then Chiefs money showed up to knock it down to one and a half, which is where it sat for a while. So keep that in mind. A lot of books opened at Pickham. Also, one of the sharpest books in all of Las Vegas, Circus Sports, opened at Kansas City minus two and a half, and they took a bunch of Eagles money as well. So the early money likes the Eagles, but a lot of really sharp bookmakers have this game priced very differently. That stood out to me. It wasn't just one book, it was all of them. And I got a feeling that as we start to get the injury report from Kansas City regarding their wide receivers, if it's not a complete disaster, you're going to see Kansas City money start to hit the market. So my best bets for the game are on the side. I think it's priced pretty well. But I would tell you, I think it's good. If you like Kansas City, I'd get the one and a half now because I think it's going to move, barring a, a catastrophe on the injury report. And then on top of this, I would say this as well. This is advice I try to give everyone. When it comes to the Super Bowl, and and some of these other sports, to be honest, when you get to like the NBA Finals, sometimes there's a better price in betting the star to win the MVP than there is to bet on the team. Here's what I mean by that. If you like Kansas City, ask yourself, what are the odds that Kansas City wins this game and Patrick Mahomes doesn't win MVP? 
And if you think to yourself, yeah, if Kansas City wins, he's got to win MVP, well, look at it like this. Kansas City on the money line is plus 105. Mahomes to win MVP is plus 130. Just go ahead and play Mahomes to win MVP. You give yourself a better price. Now, sure, the Chiefs could win and someone else could win MVP. But I think you're giving yourself a calculated shot at making a better return on your investment with a slight increase in risk. But it doesn't weigh the way it does in terms of the return on investment, so I would play that. Now, with the Eagles, I don't think it works the same way because I could see them winning this game without – Uh, Jalen Hurts winning MVP. I could see the Eagles winning and Miles Sanders wins it. Devontae Smith at 30-1. Hassan Reddick at 35-1 on defense. I take some shots there. Josh Sweat, pass rusher, 150-1. So I think if the Eagles win, there's a chance for other guys to claim it. But if the Chiefs win, I think it's going to be Mahomes. So that's how I'd go about playing that. All right. Uh, Really good advice there. I like that. All right. Uh, Go to the the prop bets if we could. You you know, you said if you love fantasy football, prop bets are for you. Uh, What stands out to you? I mean, there are so many prop bets when it comes to the Super Bowl. I happened to be looking at them last night. and You know, you can bet on anything when it comes to the Super Bowl. What stands out to you from the, in the prop bet market? The first one's one of the, most, the least exciting ones out there, I'll be honest, but I love it. It's Jake Elliott, the kicker of the Eagles. His points prop is 7.5, which means to go over, if he kicks two field goals and two extra points, that's eight points, he goes over. I'm playing the under, and I know a lot of sharp guys here in Vegas are playing the under on seven and a half as well. Look at the Eagles. How often do they like to go for it on fourth down rather than kick the field goal? Look at the Eagles. How often do they like to go for the two-point conversion rather than kick the extra point? Seven and a half is a lot, and the game's got a high total, but Philly likes to roll the dice and go for it on fourth down. So I play under seven and a half points for Elliott in this matchup. I think if you're looking for a traditional player prop, Kenneth Gainwell, the Eagles running back, his receptions prop is one and a half. His receiving yards prop is 11.5. I'd play over on both of those. He's the most targeted running back in the Eagles' backfield. He's their primary pass catcher. And Kansas City has struggled all season long to defend opposing running backs coming out of the backfield. Uh, Second most targets allowed, most receptions allowed, fourth most receiving yards allowed of all teams in the NFL to opposing running backs. So I like Gainwell over 1.5 receptions and over 11.5 receiving yards. If you want to play some touchdown props and you want to look for a lottery ticket, I got one for you. Fortson. The wide receiver in Kansas City, not really a factor much of the season. To score the first touchdown of the game, it's 60 to 1. Not 6, 60 to 1. To score a touchdown at any time in this game, it's 13 to 1. Now, I want you to think about that, and I want you to ask yourself, why would I want to make that bet if the guy hasn't been involved much? Look at how dinged up the Kansas City wide receiving unit is, okay? We're probably not going to see Miko Hardman, Juju Smith-Schuster's hurt, uh, Kadarius Tony's battling an injury. This guy could step in and score, and if he does, and he gets his, uh, and, his and we find out there's some key injuries, he's going to get more playing time, those numbers are going to plummet. So I'm playing him now because I think I'm going to beat the market. I might have a shot at cashing a lottery ticket in a situation that could be more likely to happen than people realize. All right, that's uh, that's a really good one. I, I like that a lot. How about the uh, like the the crazy prop bets, like the coin toss, the you know color of the Gatorade shower, the anthem? Do you ever get involved in those? All right, so I'll give you three nuggets on that. When it comes to the coin toss, unless the sports book you're betting through is offering you even money, get away from it. There's no way you should lay juice on that. It's a 50-50 proposition. It should not be minus 104. It should not be minus 110. It's got to be even money. And if it's even money, then you can go ahead and play it and have some fun. There's no edge to be gained. It's a 50-50 proposition. Take a shot. When it comes to the Gatorade, I'd say this. Watch the odds throughout the course of the week. 
and then refresh the page throughout Sunday. I know, I know, most of you have lives. You're not going to be able to do this. But there's a moment every year on the Sunday of the game where all of a sudden the odds start to shift dramatically. And that's because word got out about what the teams have put in their respective coolers. So you might be able to get a good price on that before it shifts entirely. So keep an eye on that. That's how you approach Gatorade. Number three, the anthem. This used to be the best bet in the world for guys like me. Because what happened five, six, eight years ago was that whoever's singing it would do their rehearsal either the Saturday before or the Friday before the game. And they'd be in the building, and they'd rehearse the anthem four or five times. And there'd be someone in the building timing it out that would leak it to the gambling community. And what would happen then is I wasn't a direct line on that, but it would trickle down to me. And then you would race to your book and bet as much as you could, and then you'd watch it cash almost bang on the number. The problem is that as great as this bet was for years, some idiot like four years ago stood outside the stadium and, and recorded himself with a stopwatch timing the rehearsal of the anthem. And it went viral, and they let the damn cat out of the bag, and now everyone's wise to what's going on, and everyone's aware of when the rehearsal's taking place. So the sports books are going to limit how much you can bet on it, and they're also really not going to give you an opportunity. They might not even post the number until after the rehearsals come out. So that used to be one of the best bets in the world. Now there's no edge at all. All right, so stay away from it. All right, uh, Joe, last one for you. I guess, you know, give us who you think wins this game and why. I guess first, you know, uh, who, who do you think wins on Sunday and why? I'm from Allentown, Pennsylvania. I grew up as an Eagles fan, so I'm like the worst person to ask this question to because if I pick the Eagles, I'm a homer, and if I pick the Chiefs, I'm just emotionally hedging, right? Which is kind of what I'm probably going to do. I'll have some money on the Chiefs so that if the Eagles blow it, at least I walk away with some cash. And if I lose the bet, at least I walk away with my team winning the Super Bowl, so I come away happy. That's called the emotional hedge for those who haven't heard of that before. If I take myself completely out of the situation, I do find myself leaning to the Kansas City Chiefs in this matchup. Philadelphia's been great this year, but those defensive numbers, they're worrisome. As great as they look, they went against the top 10 scoring offense only like four times. One of them was against Detroit. They gave up 35 points. One of them was against Dallas in that game where they gave up 40 points on the road to Dak Prescott. I think the defense is good, but I don't think it's as great as everyone else believes because they've beaten up on bad competition all year long. And I love Jalen Hurts, but he hasn't been good with the deep ball the last few games since he hurt his shoulder. So ultimately, and I don't love the wager, I like the props a lot more, but if I was betting the side, I would find myself probably for a small wager on the Kansas City Chiefs. All right, you can see him on the Daily Wager on ESPN2. You can hear him on Joe and Amber, 7 to 9 p.m. on ESPN Radio. Uh, Joe, thanks so much for your time. We really do appreciate it. Best of luck this week with the Super Bowl. Hey, my pleasure, fellas. Thanks so much for having me on the show, and best of luck to everyone out there. Go get them. All right, thank you. Joe Fortenbaugh, our guest on the show. And with that, we'll hit the time out. Yeah, I'd love to have him on. Good stu- Good. Good advice, too. I hope you were taking I'm, notes. I don't gamble anymore, no? Steve. All right. No, I stink at it. All right. Well, he's, People he's, probably feel that I should He's trying to help you. He, the he, same approach to radio. Just stop doing it. He, he stink at it. He gave you some good picks there. Might want to track him this weekend. All right, we'll hit a timeout. Uh, we've got Eric Slater, uh, Brooklyn Nets beat reporter for Clutch uh, Clutch Points. Rather, He's coming up at 1.30. Uh, we are back after this on ESPN Radio.